defense arguably lost the game. The offense is losing the season. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning from Cleveland. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Browns 29, Steelers 17, and it really in some ways was worse than that and in other ways was better than that, and it's really hard to get a feel for this football team, meaning who's actually doing well, who's not doing well, And then within that, who's not being given the opportunity to be at their best? And let me explain why I believe that the centrifugal force and or black hole in all of the above is Mitch Trubisky. It's not scapegoating. I swear to you, it's definitely not anything personal. Guy is a great dude. And it's not about effort or passion or anything like that. It's all really simple. And it couldn't be clearer through three games, one of which your favorite football team has won. Halfway through the fourth quarter of this game, Trubisky had thrown for 148 yards. Same as the other two games. In almost every respect, there were a couple of nice touchdown drives, one of them no huddle, second of which he finished off with a pretty bold little run of his own. Great. Wonderful. They executed two whole drives. That's it. That's not me being mean. That's not me having an agenda or being a yay Kenny guy or anything. That's an indisputable number. Trubisky is averaging 5.5 yards per pass attempt. Pause for a second if that's not a stat that you're not normally accustomed to hearing. 5.5 yards per pass attempt. The lowest such figure in the National Football League in 2021 over a full season was 6.0. He is half a yard lower than the worst quarterback in the league last year. And there's no end in sight. You will see an occasional throw that makes you go, hey, this guy can do a little something. And you'll see him roll out of the pocket. And you'll think, particularly as a Steelers fan, hey, there's something we weren't getting last year. Great. But at the end of the day, what you're getting is nowhere near enough. And when we're starting to see the offensive line take shape, meaning in a positive sense, when you're seeing the running game finally, finally show signs of life the way it did here last night. And then when you're seeing the defense just gassed beyond words because they've never been able to leave the field starting with a hundred bleeping snaps in Cincinnati. Even if you want to throw Trubisky into the same category, the same sentence or whatever as Matt Canada, 
and believe me, I'm all in favor of that, go right ahead. But for players who are on the field, among those guys, it's all coming back to one individual. It's the perfect time to advance your career and invest in yourself. Point Park University has lowered tuition on many master's degrees. Pay the same low master's price for courses online on on their gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus. Whatever works best for you. Choose from more than 30 Point Park master's and doctoral degrees. Save thousands of dollars with Point Park's reduced master's tuition. Visit pointpark.edu slash graduate. After the game, I asked Mike Tomlin, pretty straightforward, and you'll hear the question and the answer here, what he thought of Trubisky. Mike, what did you think of Mitch Trubisky's performance? I thought he made some plays, man, but we all collectively came up short. And, and so, you know, that's how we measure performance, man. Winning is our business, and we didn't handle business. And so we don't, you know, break that apart. And... All right, well, that's not much of an answer. So I asked Trubisky, in essence, what he thought of Trubisky by, well, here, here's the way I phrased it. Is there more like an inconsistency issue at this point than anything else? Because you've done each of these things at different points. Inconsistency? I would say second half, yeah. So it was just inconsistent, not hitting those plays that we needed. Um, we hit some in the first half. That's why we scored 14 points. Three points in the second half isn't going to do it for us. So um, I would say not putting two halves together would be inconsistent. In my pretty long experience covering professional sports, anyone who brings up inconsistencies or even in this case just agrees with someone else describing them as inconsistencies just isn't getting the job done. So much of sports, of athletic competition, is just about inconsistencies or, to put it in the positive sense, consistency. Because you can do it. Because you can make it happen. You can rise to the occasion. This offense went one for nine on third downs here last night. You're not going to hear that stat from anyone else. Because the focus is going to be on Nick Chubb. And yeah, he was terrific. David Njoku was terrific. Jacoby Brissett was terrific. But Jacoby Brissett was maybe two or three times better than your quarterback. And the one thing that no one will argue at any level of football is which is the most important position. I'm not picking on Mitch to pick on Mitch. I am isolating on Mitch because he's becoming increasingly isolated. As we keep talking about certain players and certain facets coming alive, the only ones that are left in the dust are the quarterback and the defense that the quarterback has worn down by never allowing them to get off the field. It couldn't be clearer what has to happen. However, it won't. Tomlin was asked if he'd consider a change during this upcoming long week of preparation before the October 2nd game against the Jets. I'm, I'm not I'm not in that mindset. Um, I'm interested in reviewing this tape and looking at the totality of it and figuring out how we collectively get better. So the answer to that question is definitively no. Okay. Well, all right. 
<laughs> I don't even have anything to say to that. How do you how do you just coach that game and and watch that game from the sideline and put everything that you have into preparing this team and just bang instant? No, definitively no. Really? Really? Not even going to think about it? Not even going to look at it on film? Avoiding the controversy or even the perception of controversy is more important? Hmm. When we come back, J1Q. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers capital S, capital L for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing, the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Dan Patterson, who asks, DK, what is it about our defensive scheme compared to our opponents where our receivers always seem to have defenders all over them while their receivers run free? You know, this game did kind of have that feel to it. And you know what? So did the New England game. And so did the Cincinnati game. You're asking about both sides of the ball. And I'm going to respectfully just choose one because I've really pounded the offense here for a while now. And it almost feels like the fruit is a little too low hanging at this point. The defense does have issues beyond just being tired. They are tired. They are banged up. I am telling you, watching those guys in that locker room here last night, uh, in particular, a couple of the older guys, they were struggling to move around. But does that absolve all of the players? Does that absolve the scheming? Uh, No, no, it doesn't. This scheme was set up essentially for one thing, and that was to stop Nick Chubb. Tomlin made no secret of that beforehand and not afterward. Listen to this response from him when someone brought up Njoku's showing. Less of an issue than than Chubb in the run game. Yeah, he wanted to stop Chubb. He didn't like at all. 115 yards later, along with everybody else, including Kareem Hunt getting involved, The Steelers had no answers for the Cleveland running game. Most teams don't. But this coach wanted to make double damned sure that he'd have enough people at the line. And he says that he did. The numbers were there, as he put it. And on top of that, he was willing to sacrifice on the back end. So what you saw, and this was a really, really smart counter, on Cleveland's part was they got the tight end involved right behind that first tier of run stoppers. They ran tons, tons of crossing patterns. And again, to their credit, 
their timing and their delivery was very good or it wouldn't have mattered. But still and all, Tomlin and Terrell Austin and Brian Flores and everybody else who's involved in the defensive scheming would not budge from the line of scrimmage. And I'm not really sure that I blame them for it. You do have to stop, Chubb. You can't let anyone run for 171 total yards on the ground against you and expect to win. But that's what happened. Why? Plain and simple, they couldn't tackle him. I want to hear an unbelievable statistic. This comes from NFL Next Gen Stats. Released this about like two or three hours after the game was over. Of Chubb's 115 yards on the ground, 113 came after the initial contact, meaning that someone associated with the Steelers made some form of physical contact. Now, that might have been grazing a shoelace for all I know, but some type of contact And all but two yards that he accrued, including that magnificent yard that he picked up running to the right. You'll remember this. It was just a one-yard gain, but he carried Robert Spillane with him for four yards. The guy is special. This is a great football player. Not a good one, not a very good one, a great one. He's possibly the best running back in the NFL. This team... The Browns have undoubtedly the best running back tandem in the NFL. The Steelers did have numbers. They did have the preparation for it. They couldn't tackle. Why do you think they couldn't tackle? Don't make me go back to that subject again. They do need to change quarterbacks. It's not going to happen. I believe now more than ever, now after this game and after Tomlin's remarks following this game, that he has made up his mind that he's either going to stick with Trubisky through the bye week and through several more catastrophes, because wait till you get a load of the Bills and the Eagles and other teams that are in this run, or wow, maybe he's just going to Ride it the whole way through, the whole season. Imagine that. Just to be, what, right? Even when you're wrong? I appreciate the question. I'm sorry if I sound like, you know, out of breath or out of answers or whatever, but the Steelers are one and two. And this is a really weird spot for them, but also for people like me who've been covering them for a very long time and around them. This is not normal territory. And I believe that it it requires an approach that isn't the norm either. You don't just say, hey, that's my quarterback, no matter what. At some point or other, you got to make a priority of what you claim is the priority every single week. Let's do this again Monday. 